This is Will Montgomery, former Washington Redskins center. Yo, what's good, folks? This is Trey Johnson, the headbanger, yo. And you're listening to Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. Word. Damn, man. Uh, so what was that number? It was five? <laughs> hey, man. We've got four more weeks. Actually, we've got five more weeks of football of the season and four more games to play. How about that? Uh, so I'm, I'm going down to minutes, man. So four more weeks just sounds too long. I'm going down to 240 minutes is what we have left in this Ron Rivera era. And oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. When I when I think about it that way, it doesn't feel so long and seems so bad. When you say four weeks, I'm thinking, I don't know if I can deal with four more weeks of this. Hey man, all I can tell you is batting down the hatches, bro. Just batten down the hatches and get prepared because winter is coming. I never would have thought the highlight of my weekend would have been going to a country concert. I mean, there is zero chance during the NFL season that I would say that was the highlight of my weekend. And don't get me wrong, the tailgate was phenomenal. But it really was. I mean, I appreciate you coming out, having a good time. I maybe chug three don't sleep energies. By the time I got to the lot at seven o'clock in the morning and I'm unloading the van, because we were out in Baltimore and you're giving me a hard time about it, asking me what size cowboy boots I wore. And I actually probably should have taken you up on that because I stuck out like a sore thumb, A, because I'm Asian and B, because I didn't have any cowboy boots. So everyone's sitting there staring at me like this guy's lost. If I at least would have had boots, they maybe would have thought that I was, you know, a transplant from Texas or something. But it was a it was an interesting time, man. And I ran into, out of all places, a listener of the podcast sitting beside Mrs. Tailgate and me during the show. It was ridiculous that coincidence. But but that that just goes to show you how phenomenal the show is. The fact that someone could be right there with you. It's a small world, man. And <laughs> I, I, I'm like you. It, it, it's it's a breath of fresh air. Even though you were at a concert that you really didn't want to be at, but the fact of the matter is, there was a listener there, and I'm I'm very happy to hear that. So it was crazy because I'm sitting here, and. It's a, you know, you're in a, a venue and the arena is dark and the guy's got his cell phone on. So you can obviously see the light and I'm seeing pictures of me on his cell phone thinking, well, this is kind of creepy. What the hell's going on? And this is before he introduced himself. So he's Googling me and trying to figure out if I'm tailgate Ted, not that I'm a big deal or anything. He's just like, oh, I, that guy looks familiar. And usually my line when someone asks me is, do I, you know, you look familiar. Do I know you from someplace? I tell him I probably cut you off on the highway. So I apologize for that, but you know, there's a performer going on stage, so I can't say that to him. And then during a break in between one of the acts, he's like, do you go to commander's games? And I'm not expecting to get that question asked in Baltimore of all places. And I said, yeah, I do. Unfortunately I do. And then he realized once he heard the voice, it was me. So it was kind of funny, man. And I was waiting for him to make a comment about the cowboy boots. But at that point, Mrs. Tailgate came back with my beer. So but it was a good time, man. It's good to hear. So, so how was the acoustics in the place? I mean, was was the show at least a good show? It was actually a really good show. I mean, they put on Old Dominion put on a heck of a show. The act before that, uh, Chase Rice sitting there, he brings his dog on stage. I mean, one thing though, I've been to a ton of concerts. I've never been to a country concert. Okay, they've got a pit 
that you can, you know, get tickets in. So you're just standing remotely. I guess it's a thing to get autographs from the musicians during the show while they're literally singing. I mean, you know, they're not lip syncing because they are stopping performing and signing someone's cowboy boot, someone's shirt. I mean, someone's hat in the middle of their performance. I don't think that would fly during any other genre. Wow. That, that's interesting. Well, here's the thing. So you said that surprisingly enough, this, this, this concert was really good to you. So I'm going to tell you, if you thought that that was good, imagine your foot being in a nice cowboy <laughs> boot, man. It, it, it's going to surprise you how comfortable it is. Oh, hell no. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say no on that. <clears throat> it was, uh, there wasn't enough beers in the place for me to put one of those on. And I wanted to make sure I could also drive home because I can't imagine those things being comfortable, man. And I wanted to get out of Baltimore as fast as humanly possible so I could get to the tailgate the next morning. And thank God for our friends at Don't Sleep Energy and Mike because it definitely helped me get through the day. And for those of you out there, make sure you are buying it at don'tsleepenergy.com and using our promo code. That's right. You've got to put in DMV Mess Hall in the promo code section so that you can get your discount. That discount will help you put it this way. It's, it's our little secret. It's our little secret. You put in DMV Mess Hall, you'll get your discount, and no one will be the wiser except for you. Okay! Yeah, I'm not sure if you needed any to walk around those lots pregame. I mean, it looked like we were, I want to say, in Boston just with the weather and the fog, or maybe Seattle's more like it. But how was yeah. it walking around the lots? Because inside the stands, and we'll get to it, it was all Dolphins fans. But yeah, I'm thinking, it was uh, in the <clears throat> parking lot. Once again, man, I got to tell you, that red zone lot must be the lot of choice because when I got into, when I drove into the lot, roughly, I think it was, um, I don't know, 940, 930 something like that it was packed again and i wish i would have recorded it just to see let everyone know and see how full the, the parking lot is so obviously the red zone lot is the lot to be i mean I, I it just amazes me but walking around everyone was nice and what really got me was the fact that dolphins fans out of all people knew who i was and i'm like wait a minute are, are they putting my picture down on in, in Miami or the Florida area or whatever have Dolphins websites because don't get me wrong I mean people like you people know who you are but then when when people who you don't even expect to be like hey you're that rally captain guy I'm like okay uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> they saw that channel nine special man it's going viral must must have must have have but but uh everyone in the lot man was very nice um was so were there a man, lot of Drew. miami fans Shout that were tailgating or was it more so commanders fans the miami fans just kind of showed up and flew up here from miami because i was trying to understand you know are these just a bunch of bandwagon miami fans from the dmv or did they actually fly up here for this game and just take well, over the entire thing i talked to several people and a couple of them lived in new york of all places they're just uh miami fans transplants and this was the closest game that they wanted to come to 
and, and it is DC. And once I think we had this conversation before when people were saying, uh, why would someone want to come here uh, to spoil a losing product? Well, the fact is, it's still the nation's capital. And albeit what everybody else may think about the nation's capital, people still want to come here as a tourist attraction. And why not see your team play while you're here? So um, the people that I was speaking with just made it a weekend and they came down from New York. Uh, a couple of people were from Florida who wanted just to see what it was all about. And so, and they also said, Hey, we got a really good deal on tickets. And I said, I, I'm sure you did because our fans sold them and I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame them for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't hate on our fans for doing it. And the team announced on Saturday that the game was sold out again. So I was shocked because I figure if Miami fans are going to come, they've already would have bought their tickets. And why are Washington fans going to buy them last minute to show up to that game? Because it's not like you're getting them for cheaper than face if you're buying them from the team. And thinking, oh, well, maybe the team just gave away a bunch of tickets and that's what's going on. No, we were flooded. I I'd say, I mean, I can only see half the field. You can see the entire field from your vantage point. I'd say it was maybe 60-40 Miami. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Uh, it was it was probably, I think, in the beginning, it was probably, I'll say, I'll say sixty forty, and then after we started losing, that went from <laughs> probably uh, seventy thirty, and then toward the end, eighty twenty. Yeah, man, it's, I'd say towards the uh, what we were down seventeen nothing in the first quarter. I'd say yeah. it was going to 70-30 at that point. And so I'm at the tailgate, and I'm there at 7 o'clock and getting stuff done. And right at 9 a.m., a bunch of guys walk up. It was like maybe five or six of them. And they said, hey, we're the fans for Miami. It's like, uh, there's going to be more than just you guys here. Trust me. You're not going to be the only ones. It was like, you guys have names? Or you just Is that what I'm just supposed to call you? And like as you said, they were all respectful. They were all really nice. They said, hey, you guys – you beat the Broncos, you put up 70, just just keep it somewhat respectable. And at the end, I think the Dolphins were trying to put up 70. I could not believe that they were going for it on fourth and one and fourth and two with like two minutes left in the game, just trying to run the score up. I mean, it was kind of embarrassing at that point, but I didn't have a problem in the stands at all. There was actually a guy sitting directly beside me and his wife was a commander's fan and he was a Dolphins fan, a guy couldn't have been nicer. So maybe it's just that whole South Beach vibe. You know, they got better stuff to worry about than football. But all in all, they were actually pretty respectful in the stadium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and what I told the fans was this. This reminds me of when we played Miami in 2019. And Miami did everything in their power to put up a good fight for the game, even though that we won by one point and we were all happy and they were like, yeah, so what? We got better draft picks. You know, I, I never have thought about that before, but Ted, I got to tell you, man, I'm starting to really see the writing on the wall. Get us some better draft picks because we don't want to go through this again. We just don't, even though there's a possibility that you will, because you almost never, I shouldn't say that. Well, yes, I will. You almost never hit the first year it's that second year and third year that you really hit now i know our fans don't really want to hear that but the fact of the matter is it's very hard to turn the tables overnight although it has been done 
what is this group going to do to to facilitate that? That's going to be the question. Yeah. I mean, I I have never said this before. In all the years of just being a fan of this team and having season tickets, I want the season to end. It's it's yeah. getting too much at this point. The embarrassment every week is just taxing and no one in their right mind thought we would win this game. But you've got the Dolphins players pretending they're on a roller coaster in our end zone. I mean, it's just, we are on national TV as a joke. And that's why I'm saying 240 minutes doesn't sound as bad as four weeks because it is just difficult to be out there. And there's no other place I would rather be. I'm not going to, not support my team and not be out there for a game if we have a home game as long as I'm living and breathing and I know you're the same way and I know a decent amount of our listeners are the same way that have season tickets but it is tough to watch this week in and week out and Chris Cooley actually said something on the Kevin Sheehan podcast and said let's see here I didn't know that they were going to fire Jack Del Rio I didn't know or have any expectation that they were going to fire Ron Rivera this week. I'm just telling you, you have a dead coach and you just don't play well. Go back to the Jim Zorn era, the end of Jay Gruden and Bill Callahan. Cooley noted the first time out, a team often will play much better after a coach has been fired. The former analyst then joked, I really don't care if Craig Hoffman was the coach. If they put anyone in interim, they'd do better. But from my standpoint, what does firing Rivera get you during the bye week and for me nothing and grant paulson actually put a tweet out that said five reasons ownership probably prefers rivera finishes out the season let me know what you think about this number one they think the future head coach candidate will view them favorably see them as patient and non-reactionary number two they don't want to alter who is working with how day in and day out what happened if EB gets elevated? Number three, after another dud on offense and with 25 points in their last two games, how sure are they that EB deserves to be promoted right now anyway? Number four, with JDR already gone, Rivera is the only coach left on the staff who has ever called defensive plays. And number five, and more importantly, why change anything? We've lost nine of 11 games and are up to fourth in the draft order, that helps the eventual general manager and head coach search. What do you think about that? Well, on one aspect, I feel like, and I, and I hate saying this because I don't want anyone to get fired, and, and you can understand where I'm about to go with this. I don't want anybody to get fired. At the same time, I understand that they did fire him. It just, it just is what it is. And when you see these other teams who fired their head coach uh, earlier in the season, it's like, well, wait a minute. Why does it always seem as though these other teams are making moves, but we're staying stagnant? That's the first thing. Um, Eric Bieniemy, I think that at this point, he would be the if, – if uh, Ron was to get fired, he obviously would be the interim coach, and they and they could let him know. Unless he signed some type of some type of contract that said, you know, I will be the head coach for the next two years if you fire Ron or something crazy like that. Who knows? But but uh, it's showing more and more that people are unsure of him. Now, 
We heard the report as far as players are saying that he's too rough or he's too uh, tough to, to deal with. But on one aspect, it's like, guys, you haven't won anything. This tough coaching is what you need. The other aspect is, what do the, what do the owners think about it? Do, do the owners want a yes man, or do the owners want someone who's a tough, diehard type of guy? You know, we don't know all these things, so all of it's up in the air. Um, as far as somebody else calling plays, I'm sure that we have someone on that staff that has called plays at somewhere before. So, and as being as far as being nice. I don't look at it as you aren't trying to think about the new next guy being a nice guy coming on board. You got a you got a team to run, and the, that new guy who's looking at that position understands that this is a performance based league. And if you just aren't getting it done, the NFL or better yet, the Commanders don't have a place for you to be. That's just how it is. So I think we need to stop with the kinder, gentler approach to things and truly understand that, hey, man, fans are paying money to see a better product. Fans want to see better coaching. Fans want to see better everything. And that's where we are right now. And if you don't get that, you're going to find out that what happened this past Sunday is going to happen every Sunday. because. You want butts in the seat, and you want burgundy and gold butts, not away team butts. I really don't think they care if it's burgundy and gold fans in the stands right now or if it's the opposing team's fans because they made a $6 billion investment, and they need to make the money back. And the product saying, on the field. I'm saying, I'm saying this year they don't care. Yeah. They don't care this year. This year, like you said, they're trying to get the quick hit, get the quick cash to get back into their pockets to, so that they can flip it and turn it back around. But what I'm saying is come January, what, 8th, 9th, yeah. 10th, whatever, that's when they're going to care. And Rivera's gone come January 8th. Fans 8th, want him okay, fired yes. now. Yeah. Fans want him gone now. It's the bye week. If you're going to do it, now's the perfect time. I'm of the mindset of, you know what, I thought he would have been fired during the bye week. I didn't think it was going to get this bad to lose these past two weeks to Dallas and Miami like this, but it has. And firing Ron, to me, doesn't really do anything. And I also feel that it's a disservice to the enemy to put him in that situation. But I also feel after this week's performance and the enemy's play calling, he's gone next year. I'll be fine with that. I, I'm really... I'm beyond frustrated with his lack of situational awareness. It's first and goal at the one. And what do you do? You run Brian Robinson out of shotgun again. And second and goal at the one. You throw a, a pop pass to Deami Brown. Doesn't make it in. Finally, on third and goal, you go with a tush push. And Sam barely gets in. It's just his lack of desire to call appropriate plays without being cute are what frustrate me watching this offense. And I feel that he's calling an offense 
that's suited for Kansas City's strengths versus Washington's strengths. And this is actually what Ron had to say about it. To follow up on that, uh, obviously for, for EB to come in first year, the adjustment, Sam Howe, all that stuff. But has it? do you feel like they've, the, the plan has adjusted to the strengths of the offense that is here as opposed to maybe doing what was going on at Kansas City? I think what we're trying to do is try and figure that part, portion of it out. Just making sure we, you know, we can do certain things and certain elements. I mean, we've run the ball a little more effectively lately, and and there's been a little bit more of an emphasis on that as well. And uh, again, as we just you know work through it, I, I think again you see some of those some of those things. But again, it's it does come down to us executing, and you know making sure we're we're, we're getting the right calls out. They're trying to figure it out. It's week thirteen. I mean, this yeah. has been a. Uh, OTAs, mini camp, training camp process, and they're still trying to figure it out. So there's nothing else to figure out anymore. This is this is Eric Bieniemy. This is his brand that he has just created for himself. And I'm not okay with it as that being our primary play caller's mo. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to watch, man, because once again, and I'm going to sound like a broken record. Whatever happened to lining up in the eye? Whatever whatever happened to that? And I know that they're going to say, well, it gives you different sets because they, the offense or the defense doesn't know what you're going to run because you can run so much out of shotgun. You can run so much out of the eye as well. I don't know how many teams I've seen line up in the eye and they fake as if they're going to run the ball and that tight end sits in like he's going to block, block, block and slowly releases and he's wide open. We can do it too, but obviously they haven't practiced it, which lets me know it's not in their repertoire. And I can tell you it's not just from being at training camp and watching these guys. And, you know, I'm going, I go back and look at my notebook, just taking stuff. The first team offense would struggle to punch it in during goal line drills against the second team defense. Yeah. And the only times they would get in were trick plays. And that was the problem in training camp. And it's week 13 going on to week 14, and it's still a problem now. So for me, it's just we, – we've mentioned it. We've talked about it, so we're blue in the face. This is an audition right now these last five weeks for Biennemi and Sal, Sal – for Biennemi and Howell to be here <laughs> next year. And you've got people right now saying, you know what, let's just gut the entire thing. Be enemy, you're not going to be here because the GM's going to want to bring his own guy, and that guy's probably going to be offensive minded, so you're not going to fit. And you know what, Sam? I like what you got, but you're not consistent enough. You've shown it for three or four games this year, but there have been 13, and I need to see more. And right now, we have the fourth pick in the NFL draft. So maybe let me trade Sam Howell so I can get a potential third round back instead of having him ride my bench and not really do anything. What do you think about that? I see that as a possibility. What I also see is EB interviewing for the job and throwing something back onto them that we as fans were forced to accept. And what I mean by that is EB's in the interview process, 
And let's say he's talking to Rails or he's talking to Harris or or whatever have you, or Mr. Ein. And they ask him, well, why do you feel you need to be here? And he says something to the effect of, well, gentlemen, when you bought this team, you basically had 30 days or, or 15 days to basically try to fix of the, the ineptitude for 20 plus years. Well, I was, this is the stuff that I was married to when I got here. If you give me an opportunity, I can bring in the people that I feel can make the offense work for me. So with that being said, they may say, hmm, he's got a point. Because at that point, at that point in time, you've thrown back on them what they inherited. He inherited it. He brought in Wiley. So we know that that, that, that doesn't bode well. But as far as that offensive scheme is concerned, that is a way that he can possibly get a soft spot for them because – we as fans know that, 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 that they couldn't do anything within the first uh, – this was a dead leg season for them. Yeah. But here we are, 2024, let me bring in my people. I can show you differently if you allow me. That may happen. So – and it may not happen, but I think that that would be his leg to stand on. Well, I really think that that's the only one he has to stand on because Rivera made this roster. Yes. Chris Paul's PFF grade yesterday, I don't think I've ever seen one this low. It was a 23.5 in pass blocking, and that's your left guard. In run blocking, it was a 39.7. Right. Sam was under pressure a majority of the game. Charles Leno was a 45.3 in pass blocking and a 55.8. I mean, Tony uh, Wiley couple times gave up some bad snaps, but he he was dealt a bad hand because of the offensive line and the personnel he inherited. This is actually what Ron had to say about the personnel gap between the past two teams that we play. And we know that Dallas and Miami are good teams, but are you surprised at how big the gap seems to be these last two weeks? Um, I'm disappointed that it looks that way. I really am. He's got no one to be disappointed with, but just himself, he made this roster. He had 100% control. And I honestly, we're in a worse situation now, in my opinion, than we were before he took over from a roster perspective. This roster is a disgrace. And yes, a GM coming in here is going to be excited because he's got 90 million in cap space. But if you look at all the holes we have, let's just start from an offense perspective. You need a new center. Chris Paul, you need a new guard. Charles Leno is getting up there in age. You're going to need a new left tackle. I mean, just from that perspective, the amount of spots that we're going to have to get and take on from a rebuild perspective, it's daunting, man. Yeah. It, when, you, when, you, when you look at it that way, it really is. And I, I just don't know what direction to go into. I, I really don't. It, but the only the only thing that I can say is, like everyone else, 2024, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what pieces they plug into the management positions to be able to evaluate talent, to evaluate the, the your money, to evaluate all those aspects of things because, bro, 
right now we we need all the help we can get and it's not going to be easy no it's not going to be easy and jay gruden actually put this tweet out if you don't follow jay gruden he's actually kind of funny to follow on social media especially when commanders games are going on i'm at the tweeted four to five years now figured culture would have been the difference and all rivera likes to talk about is how the culture has improved here and i'm sorry it improved because dan's gone i don't really think ron had anything to do with that you get that cancer out of here he's gone better culture but from a personnel perspective we cannot compete with the top teams in the nfl and the mid-tier teams in the nfl we got beat by tommy devito i mean th that's an indictment on the personnel on this team and I really cannot wait to see who our new GM is going to be, not even the head coach, just the general manager, so we can figure out what that guy's plan is. And Miami was horrible about, what, three, four years ago. Yeah. And now they kicked our ass up and down the field, and they're putting up points, and they're breaking records left and right. One of the things that I never understood is, I mean, I know that Dallas is, is, a, is a loaded team, but Dallas picked – a lot of times after us. And it seems as though they were on target each time they picked. And that's what gets me. We, we just have not picked very well. We thought that we did. And, and we were trying to, you know, from what we thought, yeah, hey, that, that, that'll work. That looks pretty good. But it comes back to bite us when it doesn't work out. Whereas it seems, and I hate to use Dallas as an example, but, no, but you're it right, is what though, it man. is. Huh? You're right. You got to keep up with the Joneses and you're yeah. they're in our division. And we have not gotten better through the draft and through free agency. And everyone else in the division has. There's a reason why we are dead last in the division and everyone else is kicking our ass. And it's drafting and it's free agency and you're spot on. Yeah. And I, and I hate to, I hate to use them as an example, but they picked after us, and their players are better than us. And you would think that you're you got to hit when when it's your top ten player in the draft or top twenty, you got to hit on that player. And if you don't, you just made it worse for everyone. I mean, just from a first round pick strategy, they're always picking after us, and the guys that they've gotten, they've hit. You know, Micah Parsons in 2021, CeeDee Lamb. I mean, they've got guys that are contributing. Who do we have? Emmanuel Forbes, you know, not And it also seems as though they're willing to move the money around to get these players. Yeah. I, I, Jerry Jones, for as much as I can't stand that son of a bitch, he's a good owner, and he's their GM, responsible for doing things like that. And – you know, looking at our past couple picks in 2020, hey, it was Chase, and he's not here anymore. 2021, when they got, what's this, Micah, we got Jamin Davis. You know, Jahan Dotson has disappeared. Emmanuel Forbes, it's just, you're missing on the positions in the draft that should be no-brainers. And you're bringing in free agents that are not contributing to your team. I mean, Nick Gates, I, I can't say it enough. The fact that that guy is our starting center and he is literally, I wanted to take a video of it. He was on the sideline and I want to, have you ever played that game on like an iPad or like your cell phone where you like slice the fruit with your finger? 
No. It, it's um, or maybe he was on like uh, what's that dating app where you swipe Tinder? Maybe he was on Tinder swiping left and right on one of the pads because I'm sitting there watching him. I highly doubt he's watching film of his teammates going out there and he's just swiping left and right going back and forth on that Microsoft surface. And I just seeing him drives me absolutely crazy because it's just another indictment of the fact that our personnel is not up to snuff with the rest of the league. I mean, we had another high snap from Cheeseman and this was someone that Ron Rivera traded to get traded up in the NFL draft to get. And I cannot wait until that son of a bitch is gone, man. <laughs> I really can't. It's rough, bro. It's rough. But but once again, it's our squad. And because it's our squad, we can talk about them. And I don't care what anybody says. We're not going anywhere, but we're just pointing out the obvious. That's what we're doing. We're pointing out the obvious. And, Ted, I got to tell you, for once, I, I'm happy that we're on a bye, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm really happy that we're on a bye. And as far as the players are concerned, you know, they always say, oh, no, this, the, the, the offseason stuff, not not offseason, but the uh, the media stuff doesn't bother us or whatever, whatever. The fact of the matter is it does bother them. It does. They can say all day long that it doesn't, but it does. And I think for the most part, they understand that their coach is a lame duck coach. They just want to get through this season just like we do. Make no bones about it. And and if I'm talking prematurely, then I apologize for, for anybody, any player that thinks that I'm wrong, then I apologize. But I always tell you, I look at body language and the body language told me, let's just get past this day so that we can relax for a weekend or what, a week or whatever have you. That's what it seemed like to me. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, it's, it's sad being there on the sideline because you see guys that are frustrated and upset. And, you know, Terry, we all love Terry McLaurin, right? Terry had three targets, zero catches, right? And Terry never speaks out. Terry never says anything negative. And they asked him about, you know, what happened. Terry said, I did a lot of cardio today. Terry doesn't say stuff like that. That's how you can tell. Wait, he said what? This is what Terry said during his locker room about his performance today. Nah, I ran a lot of cardio, so um, it happens. It's, it's, it you know it comes with it when it's when it's tough. But yeah, it's frustrating. But I'm a I'm gonna keep coming in and, and practicing and playing hard. You know, what I mean, as long as I turn on the film and I'm, I'm making extra blocks down the field. Um, uh, when I'm trying to clear it out for guys, uh, I'm gonna continue to run my routes hard. So that's what I'm gonna do. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit. But yeah, it's frustrating. Nah, I ran a lot of cardio. I mean, e. Terry doesn't say stuff like that, man. And he's he's obviously getting frustrated in three targets, zero catches. I mean, that one bomb over his shoulder, that was a tough catch, man. And Sam, for Sam to make that throw with a blitzer coming right up his face, Charles Leno missed the guy coming up. And I went back and watched the game because I hate myself. And... You see Leno just standing there like he's waiting for someone to play patty cake with. And the linebacker just runs right past his ass. And that was a beautiful throw. Terry just couldn't adjust in the air. I mean, we saw Tyreek do it. We just, Terry wasn't able to do it. 
Well, one thing that I definitely heard from his, his interview, his voice seemed very wavered or very wavery, if you will. Uh, it, it, it was not confident at all. And I hate to hear the young man's voice that way. I really do. It, it didn't sound like the regular Terry that we're used to. And like you said, uh, I, I'm not used to hearing him speak like that. It tells you he's kind of, I'm not going to say checked out, but he he's frustrated as well. And regardless of the fact these guys are humans first, they put the pads on second. Yeah, I, I think it's going to get uglier before it gets better. And you've got some players that are now speaking out to the media that I don't know if they want to be here. And one of them is your team captain, John Allen. This is actually what John had to say of the junkies this morning. So you, after the game, you were quoted as saying, like, you're tired of talking about, um, you know, rebuilding yeah, or... rebuilding and character and all that. My character's good. You know, I just want to freaking win. And I, I can emphasize with, with that uh, as a fan. You ever, and I know you've said you want, you're, you're going to play here and you're going to end your career here and all that stuff. But do you ever get to a point where you're frustrated, where you say to your wife, you know what, maybe I would be better off if they just moved me? One thousand percent. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. You know, I play this game to win, and I would love to win here for sure. But I want to win first and foremost. So that's always going to be at the front and center of my mind, and everything I'm going to be doing in my career is going to make sure I have an opportunity to win. Would that include having your agent maybe talk to the team in the off season? I mean, if that's what it takes, I'm, I mean, it, I'm not going to sit here and talk about possibilities and mm -hmm. the future. You know, I'm going to focus on these next four games, do what I can to help this team win, and then we'll evaluate things after the season. But it has gotten to a point where you are frustrated and, you know, just doing, just coming in here and winning seven games every year, that's not, that's not how you want to end your career. Not at all. Not at all. I want to, I want to win. And I genuinely believe that we can do it here. But again, I got to, sit down after the season and, you know, make the decision that's best for me and my family. And that's why I know me saying I'm leaving, but, you know. Right. I know I texted you and asked if you heard the interview and you said no. What would you think if you're someone in that locker room with John, your team captain, and you hear him say that? Um, I'd say, wow, John, I... I, I've kind of felt this, but to hear you say it brings it really home, it hits home. Um, and man, maybe we should talk to our agents about rolling out and see what they say. Because I, I can't, I, I, you heard it here from him. It's, it's very difficult for him. I mean, the kid, his, and I call him a kid loosely, but the kid, he's, he's, he's one. Uh, through college, he's won, if I'm not mistaken, in high school. He's won on every level except for this level. And so who doesn't want to be a winner? I want to be a part of the winning team. I mean, so I, my hat's off to the young man. It really is. But at the same time, all right, at the same time, young man, we pay you millions of dollars through thick and thin. And if we get it right, good. 
you'll continue to play for us. If we get it wrong, you'll still continue to play for us unless they come up with some, who knows, multifaceted deal to where he can get what he wants and the team can get what they want. But right now, I don't see it. And as he said, I can only be focused on these last four games. Uh, what did you say? How many minutes? 240 minutes? 240 minutes, man. And I there just... There you go. To have your team captain say, you know, maybe I'll talk to my agent and do what's best. I understand throwing in the do what's best for my family part, but you know who's also your family? The other 52 guys in that locker room. And to me, it's almost like you're you're turning your back on them when things are getting rough. And yes, it's been rough. I'm sorry, John. We've been here longer than you. So and we're not getting paid $21.4 million this season to put up with it. John's got a $21.5 million cap number next year and a $23 million cap hit in 2025. So he's going to make $60 more million to put up with this cap hit wise. So, but I just, I can't believe that he's letting his frustration come out like that on a radio station. And he's just openly saying this in to say on top of that about a rebuild, this is actually what John had to say if he can handle it. So you you, you know there's going to be a different staff coming in, new GMs. There's going to be a lot of different minds and decision makers. Um, I know you want to win. I know you want to win right away. But, I mean, this could be, you know, when a whole new staff comes in, you know, who knows what's going to happen to quarterback. I know you're a Sam Howe guy, but we have no idea if the new coach is going to or the new GM is going to love him. I mean, this could be another oh. three- or four-year project, if not longer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I will say I'm not in the business of going through another rebuild. But, again, who knows what the future holds? I mean, only God knows, and I'm going to trust him. And, again, I'm going to make the decision that's best for me and my family. And right now that's doing everything I can to help this team win and finish these next four games out strong. I hate to I break it. I need to hear. Yeah. I heard everything I needed to hear. He's looking for a trade. Yeah. Because no matter what, this is going to be a rebuild year next year. Yeah. Because everyone, this thing's about to get gutted. And you cannot rebuild without getting gutted. So that tells me that he's putting in these 240 minutes, as you said, and he's going to be looking to move on elsewhere if the opportunity presents itself. There were rumors that John wanted a trade during the season. And I, I don't know where they came from. I, I Unless it comes, we talked about it, unless it comes from John Kime, Nikki Javala, J.P. Finley, like our beat reporters, I don't believe anything until they verify it. But just you talk about body language, seeing his body language, watching him come off the field when they're doing their roller coaster celebration, watching him come off the field when it's third and two and the score is zero zero and Tyreek Hill burns Quan Martin for a 70 plus yard touchdown. Just seeing John's by language at that point. And then now compiling that with his just voice to the junkies. I think you're right, man. I think he wants out of here. Yeah, because you, you can't, you, you got to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. And right now, we're starting at zero. And there's going to be a lot, unless, un, unless 
whoever this new guy is or gal, whatever you want to call it, because I don't want to think anybody to think that I'm being sexist or anything, but whoever this new person is that that's coming in, they're going to have to have a some closed door conversations with everyone to make them fall in line and want to believe the same way that we did when Rivera took over that first day, I was ready to run through a brick wall for Rivera. Little did I know that I would be all bloodied and bruised <laughs> with nothing to show, but, 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 but I was ready to run through a brick wall and I'm sure that whomever they decide to pick and they do their speech, their opening day speech, I'll be ready to run through another brick wall for them. But this time, I think I'm going to have some pads on. I think I'm going to have, you know, I won't do it as blindly as, as, as I did before. Yeah. I just don't pull a Gus Farad and headbutt the wall and give yourself a concussion and make <laughs> us tie that game against a giant seven, seven that I was at and was freaking miserable, but it's just yeah. your, your captain on your defense is John. Your captain on your offense is Terry. And those two guys on this team that you would think are the, core of this team are frustrated and to be real terry's not asking for he's not anywhere on the level of john frustration but you can see that it's showing and this bye week i don't think it'd be coming at a better time in regards to letting these guys get away for at least a couple of days oh yeah it's it's no different than when you've been grinding at your regular day job and you've got a, a, a mini vacation you can't when your mind is on Monday, if you if you're off on that Friday, your mind is already checked out on that Monday, waiting to dog on to get the Friday to, to go. And so that's how they are right now. You know, and I, I hope that they are able to get away for a minute. And and I hope that the coach doesn't have them coming in to do anything unless you're injured, of course, and you got to get treatment or whatever have you. But if, if you're good to go. Hey, get out of here, guys. Stop thinking football for at least three days or however long they are able to do that. You know, get away, clear your head, and we'll start all over again because we still have 240 minutes of football left to play. <laughs> so at least because of the collective bargaining agreement, the players have to be given off a four-day time period. So – they're going to be gone at least Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But John was saying that they probably won't be back in there until Tuesday. And honestly, give them off till next Friday. You know, I'm not trying to make jokes about it, but right now, okay, we got LA up after the bye week. If you would have known in what was it, 2019, that if we beat Miami, we're going to get the second pick. If we lose to Miami, we get the first pick in Joe Burrow. What would you have rather got? I would have told the guys, go out there, make it close, but ultimately lose. Yeah, I mean, that's really what we're talking about now. And I am not for tanking, but I no. have seen everything that I care to see with the current players and the current coaching staff that we have. There is nothing that they could possibly show me in the next 240 minutes on that field that will change my opinion of this season. And you know what that means? Ron Rivera, his entire coaching career here in DC will have never had a winning season. 
and that's terrible. I cannot wait till it's over. And yeah, that's, that's terrible. That's, you don't that's even terrible. have to tell him to tank. The guy went for a field goal. He went for a field goal. Oh, what fourth and five on the thirty something when you're down by three scores. And guess what? We missed it because the long snapper that you traded up to get in the draft had a horrible snap again that you don't think's that big a deal. And next thing you know, we blow that. I mean, talk about not having a winning mentality. And sorry, your players take on the personality of your head coach, and your head coach is a loser. Well, Doc Walker likes to say that uh, basically they didn't stop these guys from lining up to get their check. So, you know, somebody's going to come in and change the the culture. They're going to change the way they think. They're going to change all of that. Whoever this new general manager is, general manager, re recruiting coach, uh, uh, special teams coach, I mean, I whoever comes in here is going to change everything. And I got to tell you, man, my brother, huge Detroit Lions fan, huge. I mean, he's been he's been a Detroit fan for as long as, as I've known him. And obviously, Detroit has gone through some bad times. But oh, yeah. their coach gets those guys ready to play. And on the sideline, he looks like he could even get back in the game and play if they asked him to, maybe a series or two. I mean, I'm not saying that you got to be buff and, and all that type of stuff, but he looks like he'll get in your butt if you don't do the right thing. And then watching him on hard knocks, how he got after him, I don't see that fire from Ron. And because of that, I look at even Sean McVay, for example. He's always jumping up and down, running almost to the goal line. He's 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 patting the guys on the back. I don't see that from Ron. And I think that these younger players need that motivation. Only the way those type of coaches can give. And so if you looked as if you're just kind of like, meh, hey guys, good job. Okay, yeah, we appreciate it. All right, yeah, thank you. That's what you'll get on the field. Yeah, and I mean, take your Lions, for example. In 2020, they were 5-11. and 11. They fired Matt Patricia at 4-7 and seven and brought on a new head coach. That coach finished out 1-4. and four. In 2021, they brought on Dan Campbell. They went 3-13. and 13, So it got worse from 5-11. and 11. But in 2022, they were 9-8. and eight. And in 2023, right now, they're 9-3. and three. So we may take a step back next year going through this proper rebuild, but know that it can get better. And this is just three years later for the Lions, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to take us forever. And I'm on record saying I think it's going to be probably three to four years before we can actually start contending. But if you get the right GM and you get the right head coach with a personality like these other guys out there that can motivate men, to actually do things that maybe are outside of their skill set, then this thing can be rebuilt faster. But we don't have that right now. It's very apparent. And I hate to say it, the only reason we got stuck with Ron is because of who our owner was. Now, because of the new group, we're going to have a chance to really get an owner that is qualified, sorry, to get a coach that is qualified to actually coach 53 young men and get the best out of them week in and week out.
Now, not only that, we got to remember that no one else wanted the job. And because of the relationship with Joe Gibbs and because how he's revered within the Burgundy and Gold Nation, that's what assisted Ron from getting his job. Nobody else wanted it. And he needed a job. He's close with Joe Gibbs being from North Carolina down there. He put in a good word for him. And now we, this is what we have. So, you know, that ship has sailed and 240 minutes is the goal. Yeah, that's it. I cannot wait, man. And for those wondering, we're not doing a uh, midweek show this week just because we don't have a game to preview. Uh, Rally and I are going to enjoy the bye week, just like the players and just like I'm sure you guys are. We'll be back next week on Wednesday to preview that Rams game. But enjoy the time away from football and try and get your head straight. Because I was on record saying that if I expect us to lose, it doesn't hurt as much. I take that back. It it still hurts. It, today, the wife asked me, are you okay? Because I've been walking around just mopey all day. And I, mm. I, I cannot wait for the bye. Do you have any plans for the bye week? You going to uh, Bora Bora? I got to work. Got to work. Got to work. Yeah. Got to work, man. But let me say this. And I try to express this to everyone, including you, my favorite co-host. Do not allow the actions on the field to dictate your happiness. Or try as best as you can for it not to happen. And I know it's difficult, but I've graduated to another level to where once the clock struck zero Sunday, I was over it. I'm over it. I really am. And so I've moved on. I'm ready to I'm ready to have a great experience in Los Angeles. And we'll talk about that later on, but I'm ready to have a great experience in Los Angeles. And I've told you, my expectations have been tempered. Yeah, I, I haven't transcended to that next level playing yet it's still you know it'll eat at me for that and maybe that's just because i'm i'm turning all the sports junkies at 6 a.m and listening to 106.7 you know until we record the show and it's just a huge part of my day-to-day and everything else and i can't get away from it but uh maybe i'll turn on pgc instead and just try and listen to some of this new music that these kids are listening to that I have no idea what the hell they're saying and go from there. But before we wrap this up, does anybody get a rally chain from you this week? The the fans that have stuck around this long. Amen, man. I, I, I could not have said it better. I was sitting here trying to think and going back and watching that game. Like Cody Barton had 11 tackles all down the field. You know, it's just, I cannot give a single player anything. The 40% or 30% that was at FedEx field on Sunday and put up with that. And those of you at home that watched it instead of spending time and doing something else, all of you guys get a rally chain. You guys deserve it. You earned it. And really, I, I swear the players should donate their checks back to the fans because they have not earned them these past couple of weeks. 240 minutes, man. 240 minutes. And the, the, the players will say F you, tailgate Ted and rally captain for saying that type of stuff. But the fact is, that's how we feel. You know, we all are, we all can have our own opinion. So, you know, if that's what, how you feel, 
because I'm sure some a couple of them do listen. If that's how you feel, hey, that's how we feel. So we're going to just keep it moving. I've wanted to cut up clips of some of the blocks that these guys have missed, but I don't want their family members commenting on the videos of me cutting them up. So I'm just letting the media do that instead, because if they were to reply back to me, I would just slow-mo a certain left tackle playing patty cake with air. Hmm. Well, that's not good. But what is good is, let me tell you something, $50 from FanDuel, and I'm not advocating gambling, but I had a four-leg parlay, Ted, and that fit, that four-leg parlay, I put in 50 bucks, and I got a 1000 I won and got a thousand forty bucks back. So the team, the team may have lost, but I feel as though I've won. That's awesome, dude. I, I, I would tell work, it's only a grand, but I would tell work, you know what? I'm calling in sick the next couple of days and earn using that thousand dollars and maybe driving up to Atlantic City or something. <laughs> well, hey man, I, I, I wish I could do that, but unfortunately I can't. But hey, I hear the music playing in the background, which lets me know that you guys have ridden this ride with us. And whew, what a ride it's been. We greatly appreciate you guys listening. And also, if you're gonna order some Don't Sleep Energy drink, make sure that you put in the, the memo column, DMV Mess Hall, so that you can get your discount. Trust and believe, if you haven't tried it, try it. You will like it and it will keep you up and alert. So that's going to do it for this week. Hey, from Rally Captain to Tailgate Ted, as frustrated as you may seem, please continue to rep it hard or don't rep it at all. And we'll see you guys next week. DME Mess Hall, we're out.